morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock. And as usual, I am your host every Wednesday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Baseball is back, folks. The smell of freshly cut lawn. I guess you don't really smell that much in the city, per se, but in my city where I am from, or in the suburbs of uh, New York, you might get some of those smells, though. The weather's not necessarily helping out for that, but, I mean, yesterday, geez. Not fun commuting in rain. Though I, I, I mean, I suppose it could have been worse, but nonetheless. Let me tell you what the weather's like down south in Houston, Texas, where I will be for the Chagim. I leave on Thursday, so let me tell you. Thursday's high is 76, sunny all day. Friday high, 78, sunny all day. Shabbos high, 80, sunny all day. Sunday high, 82, partly cloudy. Don't you wish you lived down there? You could still listen to the Nahum Seal Network with our app online, the phone line, whether in Houston, L.A., New York, overseas, Australia, South Africa, you name it. Philippines, that was random. Philippines, all right. Ha, <sighs> the weather. Never ceases to amaze me how terrible it could get here. But hey, I'm choosing to live here, so I really can't complain. But baseball, 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 baseball. I could talk baseball for longer than two hours, but uh, I usually try to keep it relatively short here on the opening. Baseball. Uh, I just love that I'm able to say baseball. Baseball. We're playing baseball. Meaningful games. Granted, the WBC, the World Baseball Classic, played a few weeks ago is somewhat meaningful. Uh, but now we have regular season games. The Houston Astros, folks. How about that baseball team? Now 2-0. and Nice opening win. Opening day win. 3 nothing over the Mariners. Let me tell you what was beautiful about that game. First, it was two and a half hours. Dallas Keuchel struggled last year, but regained his 2000, I guess, what is it, 15 self. Back to uh, Cy Young Keuchel, if you will. Seven scoreless innings. Gregerson and Giles to close it out. George Springer leads off the bottom of the first with a shot to the Crawford boxes. Carlos Correa shot over the foul pole out of the stadium. Uh, this team's going to be fun to watch. Let me tell you, you don't have to be an Astros fan to like this team. They're fun. They're young. They've got the lineup. It, it's stacked. It's deep. And hey, if, if you're a New York Met fan, former Met, Carlos Beltran on the team. If you're a Yankee fan, former Yankee, also Carlos Beltran and Brian McCann. So uh, they're a fun team to watch, 2-0. and And uh, keep watching them. Follow them. I, I promise you, I, uh, I went on the record, at least on Twitter, to say they're going to win at least 94. That was, that was I think, 94 in ALS champs. That's what I said. I didn't want to put, you know, World Series, ALS pennant. Like, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to say any of that. I said, you know what, 94 wins, they're going to win the AL West. And uh, they are off to a good start there. New York Mets, huh? Yankees should be, I mean, the Mets, the Mets should have a good season. Again, a lot of it comes down to the health of their starting pitching, but more importantly, it's probably just scoring for them. So that'll be uh, an interesting story. I know they're one of the favorites in the NL. The Nats should be pretty good this year. Obviously, the World Series champion Chicago Cubs are the favorite in the NL, so 
you'll have to get past them regardless, but within the division, the Nats should be good. Atlanta may surprise, but eh, the Marlins are the Marlins. The Phillies are the Phillies. So the Mets have, you know, no one to blame but themselves if they can't make the playoffs. They uh, will either take the division themselves in the NL East or wild cards should be there for them, excuse me. But baseball, baseball, baseball. And about the Yankees, you want a little Yankees talk for you uh, New York folk? I love what they did last year. Absolutely love it. As a, I mean, again, I'm an Astros fan. I love the fact that they shipped away their veterans. They shipped away Beltron, Chapman, uh, Miller to to stock up their farm system. Now they got young talent with Sanchez and Judge, homegrown within the New York system. They have guys like Gleyber Torres and others. Where are they going to help them? And, and what they do, they just re-sign Chapman in the offseason. So they trade him for a strong package. Lose him for six months, uh, what was it, three months, which didn't really matter to them. Get him right back. Chapman and Matanzas at the end of the bullpen. Tanaka roughed up early in his first start. He'll be fine. But I don't know if the Yankees are going to make a push for the playoffs. But when you have such young talent, it, it becomes, regardless of if your team's winning or losing, it just becomes fun. There's there's a certain light at the end of the tunnel, this brightness that it's like, all right, things will get good. If not this year. Sooner rather than later, and when you're a team like New York where you could spend money on free agents, this year was a weak free agent class, but next year, there are guys out there that are going to be available, and if they feel they're one pitcher away, one bat away, they could go ahead and people want to play in the pinstripes, believe it or not. It's hard for me to say that as an Astros fan, but believe it or not, people want to play in pinstripes. So Both the Mets and Yankees looking, uh, future looks pretty good. Can't say the same about the Knicks or the Nets, but. can't have a uh, a city full of you know where all your sports teams are doing well i know the rangers are doing well though i'm not a hockey fan but you'll be fine new york you will be fine you know houston you know we got the rockets pretty much locked up as a three seed in the west the texans don't seems like they're not getting romo they are the uh afc south champions defending champions and probably I mean, you never know but you know, they're a quarterback away from actually being a Super Bowl contender, but, you know, they they should make a push for the playoffs again next year after making it to the second round this year with simply no quarterback, or actually a negative quarterback, but that's neither here nor there. But how about college basketball? Hey, that championship game, Monday night started at 9.20 p.m. for us East Coast folks. Actually ended at a semi-reasonable hour. One of my, I was watching with roommates, one of them was like, I can't, I gotta go to bed. Don't blame him. But uh, the first half was like, okay. But then the second half had such potential for a great game, and the officials were like, you know what? We'll take over. We'll blow the whistle here. We'll blow the whistle there. I think both teams were in the bonus with uh, just six or seven minutes into the second half. 13, 14 minutes left in the second half. Both teams were shooting free throws every foul. I mean, the officiating in this tournament in general has been horrendous. Uh, Anyone studying to become an official should take this game tape, and this will tell you exactly what you shouldn't do as an official. The only people on the court that were paid were the officials, and somehow they did the worst job. We all know the whole argument whether college athletes should be paid or not. Again, a separate story, but the officials are paid, and, and they were terrible. It, it, it just made the game not fun. The rhythm of Gonzaga is, is a team that really thrives on rhythm more than UNC has talent. They're capable of kind of just throw the ball in. We can, we can make something happen, as we saw, but Gonzaga is a team that does better with the rhythm involved, so that kind of hurt them. 
What could have been? I mean, but but championships in general over the last year or so, dating back to last, the last championship where uh, what was his name? Drawing a blank. The UNC guard hits a double clutch three to was it to tie the game or put them on top, and then Nova comes down the court. Chris Jenkins hits the three to win it. That was actually an NRJ Stadium in Houston. Then you had the NBA Finals go to seven. The World Series go to seven. Super Bowl, great comeback from 28-3. to three. Championships have been incredible lately. And uh, I guess this, this one was still a good game. NBA Finals should hopefully live up to that. But UNC, I don't think I picked them in our Nahum Single Network family bracket. I apologize for that. I think I went Villanova in that one. Jeez, what a mistake that was. But UNC, 15%, I believe, of all ESPN brackets had UNC winning. I assume that number is similar to CBS, Yahoo, etc. If you won your bracket, let us know. One more final note. I know we're going a little long on this on this uh, opening. Akiva Yisrael Yosef Pollock is the newest member of the Pollock Gansa Mishpacha. That's right, my, uh, my brother's son, a.k.a. my nephew, his bris was yesterday, beautiful bris, Akiva Yisrael Yosef. I am trying to figure out what I'm going to call him. Uh, thank God he has three names because I sh- it'll make it a lot harder for me to forget one of them at least. Um, but Akiva Yisrael Yosef, uh, Nick, I'm, I, I like nicknames. I like thinking of random nicknames, not like not like Kivi or Kiv. You know, like that's some someone else will call him that. I want to do something original, just with my own flavor, with my own twist. I think I'm going to go KJ. You know, Akiva, K, you know, Kiev, so some people, K, and then Yosef, Joseph, KJ. Kind of just neglecting neglecting the Yisrael there, which I apologize for, but um, hey, it is what it is. So what do we think, KJ? KJ Pog. The, the joke is also kind of that my brother, obviously, uh, my brother's from Houston also, so one of our favorite, my favorite athlete, his favorite athlete, I believe, also is J.J. Watt from the Texans. So the whole joke for the last... You know, a few months was, oh, he's, his name, if it's a boy, it's going to be JJ, JJ, JJ. And I knew myself that, uh, Yisrael Yosef was, was my grandfather who passed away, uh, almost two years ago. So I knew that was probably going to be involved in the name. So I was wondering, hmm, you know, you could, you could do JJ off of that. But from what I was told, the sources within the family, which may or may not be from my brother, is that he will not be called JJ. I think they're just going to go straight up Akiva, but I think I might go KJ. So let me know your thoughts on that. Comment on the app. I want to know your thoughts on that, so let me know. But uh, Mazel Tov to my brother, Tani Pollock, Ruthie Zisplat, the Zisplat family, my parents and Mazel Tov. They flew up Monday night, flew out last night, and I will see them Thursday morning. So, uh, Mom, if you're listening, I hope uh, someone's got to pick me up from the airport, right? So if it's you or Abba, we'll find out, I guess. All right, but enough about me, enough about sports. Big show for us today here, folks. We have three interviews. The first one coming up at about, let's say, 9.30 or so. Rena Sarad from the YMCA will join Joanna Shepson again, 9.30 or so. 10 o'clock, have you seen the new video from H.com? Tova Knech star is in it. She's one of the few stars in it, actually. Uh, go to H.com. I think it's on the website. I'll have to go look during the break. But uh, she interviews Ellie Veffer, the director of that video. That comes up at about 10 or so. And then Leora Zomik joins Bite Size. She interviews Yosef Itzkowitz at 10.30. You won't want to miss that. But we have plenty coming up on this Pesach-themed Bite Size. That's right. Plenty of Pesach songs to go up. The acapella will be going through the roof here because uh, 
Some of the Pesach songs are my favorite, including the new Y Stud song. Um, that'll come up. I think it'll be the second song played. The first, as always, Mahapecha Shel Simcha to start off our Wednesday here on Bite Size, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני נשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים
לנו במצרים, במצרים. עבדים היינו, עטת בנכורים, בנכורים. עבדים היינו, עטת בנכורים, בנכורים. שפתים דיינו, די דיינו, די דיינו, די דיינו, 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 די דיינו, די דיינו, די דיינו, דיינו, דיינו. והיא שעמדה והיא שעמדה לאבותינו ולנו
Dayenu by the Maccabees as we continue here on Bysides on the Nachum Seal Network. Coming up now is an interview with Joanna Shepson. She spoke with Rena Sarat of the YMCA in Israel. Many have questions on it, and she has the answers. So here's Joanna with Rena. You're tuned to the Bysides right here on the Nachum Seal Network. Thank you, Yoni. Today's interview is taking place underground in Jerusalem. I'm in a spot that many of you have walked past. I'm in a spot that many of you have wondered, when is this going to open? And now you get to hear all the details. I am sitting, I'm going to tell you in a minute where I am, but I'm sitting with the Health and Wellness Director of the Jerusalem International YMCA, Rena Sarad. Hi, Rena. Hi, how are you doing? Good. And we are actually sitting next to the semi-Olympic pool underground in the new YMCA Sports Center. And uh, I want Rena to tell us a little bit about the YMCA and about the story behind this new sports center, um, which she'll tell us also when it's going to open. Okay, Rena, tell us a little bit about it. Okay, well, we have a current health and wellness center in our uh, landmark building of the YMCA, which has been open since 1933. And actually, it was the first pool that ever 
opened in Jerusalem. Many of Jerusalemites today, including President Rivlin, learned how to swim in our pool. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and we currently have a 1,000 members, active members, that are mostly from the neighborhood, but other parts of Jerusalem as well. We have swimming pool, fitness room, basketball court, group exercise classes, different studios. And we are all moving from our old facility, which needs a bit of a renovation, but we never renovated because we've been waiting to move into this new beautiful sports center out back of our, behind our old YMCA building. And uh, we've been, we've, we're very excited about it. We found a great solution. Our, our YMCA is going to be part of a sports mall. The, this, this whole sports center is very, very large, and we are finding different vendors to rent different spaces from us. We'll be the biggest store in the sports mall, which would be the fitness room, swimming pool, and group exercise classes. But there's going to be ballet schools, martial arts schools, squash clubs, a spa, restaurant, sports store, chess club, bridge club, all renting different spaces to help us cover our city taxes, our electricity, our water balls, and our water bills, excuse me, and, our, and, and it works. The, the business plan works, and our board has agreed to it, and we are full steam ahead. We've started shopping for our furniture and our exercise equipment, which will be state-of-the-art best stuff in Israel, and our sports center is probably the biggest in the Middle East, and hopefully we are going to be moving in this August. Wow. So many people have walked past here and seen the building going on. And some people might even remember that the Beitar soccer field used to be what's above us. So we're basically below the, the old Beitar soccer field. Um, as a kid, I used to come visit Israel and we used to stay at the King David and climb up onto the roof to watch the soccer games, usually on a Shabbos afternoon. So I, I've seen this whole space change. Right now, um, there's a residential complex, Keter David, that's built around the garden. And we are now in the sports center, which is below. Um, Tell us also, can tourists use the facilities here as well or just members? No, it'll be open to the public, citizens of Jerusalem and tourists. There'll be different fees for day use or for membership. And tell us a little bit about your inclusive policy. Our members, our current members, are very worried about the membership price. But the YMCA is all about being inclusive as opposed to exclusive. And we want everybody to feel like they could belong and no matter what religion, no matter your economic level, we want you to be able to come, exercise, and uh, be together and enjoy each other. And that kind of works where we are right now. But we're hoping with this new facility, we'll attract many more people. Fantastic. And let me just tell you a little bit about what else I can see from where I'm sitting. We've got squash courts. Um, exercise studios. We also walked past, this is my, my favorite for fun in Jerusalem. Tell us about what you've got for kids. We are going to have a creche for children, which is a ch like childcare, but play area where moms and dads, if they want to exercise, they can come drop off their children. They'll be able to play, have a good time. You can go get your workout and come back and get your child when you're through. Fantastic. That's a dream. And, uh, we're also going to have a climbing wall club that's going to be open. We have an outdoor space in the new sports area that has, there's one area that is open to the sky with a very high wall. And hopefully there's going to be a climbing wall area there for kids or adults and could have birthday parties. It's, uh, the sky's the limit of what we can do with the sports center. We plan on having competitions here. Maybe the Maccabea will be here. A sporting events in Jerusalem can be held here. We're really excited about all the different options and all the different services we can offer to the citizens of Jerusalem and Israel. 
That's fantastic. And then just in case there's someone out there listening who is a sports instructor or a Zumba teacher or has a rock wall climbing club, have all the spaces already been rented or is there still time to talk to you? There's still time to speak to us. We're in the process right now of negotiating with all the different possible vendors that want to rent space from us and be part of our sports mall. This is really exciting. So just for some background details, the entrance will be on Washington Street. You come in and there's a large uh, reception area. And then there's also a very large basketball court um, with two basketball courts basically combined together. And then there's something fun looking out onto the basketball court. Tell me what that is. This sports center was designed back in the 90s. And back in the 90s, spinning wasn't such a big uh, part of health clubs and studio classes. But we now have a lot of people taking spinning in our current facility. And I needed to find a space for the bikes in our new sports facility. And off of the basketball court, there's a huge storage area, like really big. And we thought this could be a spinning room space. And I've seen it in clubs in America, them doing the same thing. So we found a nice sports, we found a nice area to do our spinning classes off the basketball court. Fantastic. And I guess some people out there are just wondering, what took so long? Why did it take since the 1990s uh, to open? So what do you think was the secret to the success that, that's going to lead you to open this summer? I've been working at the Y for about nine years, waiting for the sports center to open. When I first started, I thought it would just be, you know, a year or two and we'd be here. But there are a lot of problems along the way. But I think the biggest... The biggest problem was financially, we couldn't figure out a way to open it and make it work. I'm sure some of the listeners are wondering, this has been in in the process since the 1990s. So what is different today that allows you to say that we're going to open in August? So what happened? I've been at the YMCA for nine years. I came here thinking that any minute we were going to be moving into the new sports center. When I first arrived, it was still, the building was still being finished, but actually It's been ready for at least three years, and we haven't been able to open, mostly because of fears of how we were going to do this financially. And recently, a little bit over a year ago, we have a new head and chief of the Y, the CEO's name is Amos Gill, who is fantastic, very goal-oriented, and and really a bulldozer in making sure that we go through due process and find a way to get to the new sports center, and also the head of our board, who's also new, Elias Khouri, also said that has to be a priority. We need to open the sports center. And almost um, through a process found a man that gave a great business plan, how we were going to be able to financially do this. And when he, his name is Jerome, when he walked into the sports center, he's like, this should be a sports mall. This space is so big, you don't need it just for your members. This should be open to the city of Jerusalem and to the people of Israel. This can be a space that can have many different sports shops. He, he envisioned there being a ballet school, a martial arts school, a squash club. And right now we're lining up these vendors that are all wanting to be part of our sports mall. And they will help us pay the city taxes and minis- uh, electricity, water bills, everything we were fearful how we were going to be able to support it on not enough members. Now we have a way that more people can use the facility and we can all actually feed off one another. Some now the mom sends her kid to judo or to ballet, she can go to Zumba during that time. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Or go to the spa and get her nails done or get a massage. There's lots of different options. 
That's fantastic. And then there are also going to be options for all women swimming or fitness classes for men or separate from women. They're, they're, the idea of being inclusive is you've got everything, something for everyone, right? Yes. Even in our current facility, we have hours for women and men only in the swimming pool, and we have classes for women only or men only. And we are planning on copy-pasting our program and bringing it here, and we have the facility we have the facilities to do it, and we have the ways to also keep it separate. So as a local living in Jerusalem and someone who deals a lot with, gets a lot of emails from tourists coming in, this is going to be the answer for people who say, I don't want to pay to go to a hotel for the day to use the pool, but I really want to use an amazing pool, or I really want to use an amazing gym. And the YMCA is really going to be your answer. So if anyone out there is interested in finding out more information, becoming a member or planning a trip and, ha- and you have a question, please email ymca at funinjerusalem.com and Rena will receive your emails and she'll get back to you with answers to your questions. Fabulous. All right. Thank you, Rena. And I look forward to coming and using your facilities. I look forward to for you being here. Okay. Now back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna. And thank you, Rena. Again, ymca at funinjerusalem.com for more information regarding the YMCA, regarding becoming a member, or any other questions, I am sure they are looking forward to your emails. And again, Joanna Shepson, that's funinjerusalem.com or Fun in Jerusalem on Facebook. Check them out. I know Pesach is, is just around the corner, but if you're heading to Pesach and you still have an empty day, an empty time slot during a day where you don't know what to do, contact Joanna. She will help coordinate everything from logistics to what exactly you should do, how many people, etc. Joanna's your contact person so go ahead funinjerusalem.com and contact her via her site more coming up on bite size you're tuned in to the nachum single network now we're back at the seder we're leaning to the left side 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 it's clear that this night is different from all other nights, 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 cut the banter. Now Zadie's making kidder, so we stand up. We say pore, prehagov, and wushai kidneyo. My sparty cousin, the rice, 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 That's how I like my matzo balls Got Pharaoh to let my people go So we celebrate with unrisen dough And yes, we'll make a fuss Got a relative sitting next to us Little brother asking for questions And I'm about to dip some vegetable Oh, oh Going back for cups of wine And after dinner time The afikoman I must find so let's go, oh, oh. let's go. Tonight the 
Crusaders Ours, 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 ours Made your dessert is par, 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 par If it's comets, we will starve, 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 stop, stop, starve Because it's P-A-S-S-O-V-E-R Horseradish burns my tongue, 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 tongue There's matzo in my tongue, 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 tongue The table's full of crumbs, 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 crumbs Because it's P-A-S-S-O-V-E-R Raise that kid's cup, 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 cup Raise that kid's cup, 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 cup Raise that kid's cup, 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 cup Raise that kid's cup, 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 cup so put your hands up As we tell the story How we got our freedom But take this trial Me, me trying My tummy's filling up But my heart is filling with Pride, pride, pride Pride, 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 pride. Is ready tonight Ding, 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 ding,
am I? Can I condemn these men to slavery? Pretend I do not feel their agony. These innocent who bear my face, who go to judgment in my place, who am I? Can I conceal myself forevermore? Pretend I'm not the man I was before. And must my name until I die be no more than an alibi? Must I lie? How can I ever face my fellow man? How can I ever face myself again? My soul belongs to God, I know. I made that bargain long ago. He gave me hope when hope was gone. He gave me strength to journey on. Wash them round amok, catch them as they fall. Never know your luck till there's a free for roll. Here's a little nip, there's a little touch. Most of them are gone, so they won't miss much. Monday to a new beginning. the flag of freedom high. Every man will be a king. Day. Tomorrow we'll discover what our God in heaven has in store. One more dawn, one more day, one day more. Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men? It is the music of the people who will not be slaves again. For the wretched of the earth, there is a flame that never dies. Even the darkest night will end and the sun will rise. They will live again in freedom in the garden of the Lord. They will walk behind the plowshare. They will put away the sword. The chain will be broken and all men will have their reason. Will you join in our crusade? Who will be strong and stand with me? Somewhere beyond the barricade Is there a world you long to see? Do you hear the people sing? Say, do you hear the distant drums? It is the future that they bring when tomorrow comes Will you join in our crusade? Who will be strong and stand with me? Somewhere beyond the barricade Is there a world do you hear the people sing? Say, do you hear the distant drums? It is the future that they bring when tomorrow comes. Let's have some fun. 
the kiddish on for cups of more. Wash your hands clean. But with a blessing this time, you don't make it. You grab your greens. Hands dipping in the salt water, but wine. Tears from your eyes.
the house and got rid of the hummus. Now the Seder's where I go. Me and my fam at the table eating matzah like the Hebrews long ago. So come over, we start Passover Seder by blessing the wine. Then we wash in our hands. Then we grab parsley, dip it in the salt water and break the middle matzah in half. And now we're singing like, girl, you know I want matzah. Matzah was handmade by my family for me. Thanking God that we were freed. Let out a slave in Mitzrayim, said boys. Now we'll drink four cups, spill for the plates and go on with the mugging. Thanking God that we were freed. Thanking God that we were freed. Feeling love from my Seder crew. Gonna rock out the Dayenu. Chagad Yala and Nadir Hu. Next year in Yerushalayim. Tonight family fills the room. And the kitchen smells like soup. For eight days we're saying thank you to God who took us out of Mitzrayim. He took us out of Mitzrayim. For eight days we're saying thank you to God who. Took us out of Mitzrayim Washings again before the meal can begin And eat the matzah our forefathers ate They had the leaves with flea No time to add yeast Now we've got unleavened bread on the plate Take a bite of the morrow So we remember the horrors of our lives As the Egyptians slaves And for roasted to that We put it on matzah And then eat hilal sandwich Then shulchan array And we're singing like Girl, you know I want matzah Matzah was handmade by my puppy for me Thanking God that we were freed Let out of slavery Mitzrayim said boys Now we'll drink four cups Spill for the plates And go on with the magid Thanking God that we were freed Thanking God that we were freed I'm feeling love from a Seder crew Gonna rock out to Dayenu Chagad Yala and Nadiru Next year in Yerushalayim Tonight family fills the room And the kitchen smells like soup For eight days we're saying thank you to God Who took us out of Mitzrayim He took us out of Mitzrayim Place you have seen a nation is born. 
Check it out, H.com, uh, YouTube, and on several Facebook pages, including Tova Kanak's Facebook page. Why? Because she starred. She was one of the stars in this new H video, video filmed in Israel. And uh, her interview this week on Bite Size is with Ellie Veffer, the director and filmmaker of this new video. So uh, if you haven't yet checked it out again, H.com, you could find it, YouTube, Tova's Facebook page as well as I'm sure all over the place because uh, these videos tend to get really popular around this time of year. So uh, without further ado, here's Tova with Ellie Veffer, the filmmaker and director of the new H video. You're tuned to the Bite Size right here on the Nachum Single Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting in Yerushalayim with Ellie Veffer, the talented filmmaker of Shoot East. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, before we get into all your uh, talents, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Your Elia, um, not your Elia story, because you lived here. Yeah, I actually, so I actually was born in Jerusalem, and I um, 
my parents were involved with the Isha Torah community. And when I was 10, they were asked to go to move to Toronto to help start a community there, an Isha Torah community. So our whole family just picked up and moved to Toronto. Um, what was that like as a child born in so Israel, leaving? It was definitely interesting. I mean, I grew up in Harnof, um, so I was in a bit of a bubble over there. Okay. And uh, the craziest thing for me was suddenly at age, I think I was 10 and a half, moving to Toronto and being exposed to this whole world that I, I almost didn't know existed. Um, definitely culture shock. Um, I remember um, feeling embarrassed to go play outside, like in you know, a local schoolyard, um, with my kippah on, because I wasn't sure if I would look weird. So I'd put a baseball cap on, and, and there was definitely this feeling of being out of place there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of set the tone for me as things got, you know, as a, as a teenager and later on in my teens, starting to think about what I wanted to do in life, um, and just not knowing that I came to Israel, Shana Aleph, like a lot of people do, just mm-hmm. to come learn here. Um, what was it like coming? Was that your first time back after? Um, actually, my first time back was when I was 17. I came on a summer trip. Mm-hmm. I piggybacked on a, on a Jerusalem Fellowships program, which is for college students. Okay. Yeah. But being the son of an H. Torah rabbi, this program was through H. So I, I was able to sort of get in, you know, a couple <laughs> of years early. Yeah. Um, Protects you. Yeah, protects Yeah. And that trip was really powerful for me because I was able to sort of experience Israel, um, you know, at an older age than when I left. And it kind of like gave me this perspective that I didn't know exist. I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really connected very deeply with the land. And I guess on a certain level, I was coming back home. You know, they say a person's always drawn to where they were born. And I was born in Jerusalem. And it was just this incredible experience. Uh-huh. Um so then you came back when you were 19? Yeah, so so after high school, um, I came to do Shana Aleph, was here for a few months, got super intense. I was I went to Asia Torah to learn there. I was in the old city. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very intense for a few months, and I think it, it, it got a little too intense for me. Okay. So I ran back to Toronto. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what, <laughs> what, what I should be doing. Um, when I was there, I, I actually enrolled in acting school. Um, I I was interested in in making movies and stuff in high school, um, just messed around with the camera with my brother making little short videos and stuff. Um, and I figured I'd give acting a shot. So I enrolled in acting school and about six weeks in to the program, I had to deliver some monologue for, for our, 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 one of our performance classes. Yeah. And part of the monologue required me to get very like worked up emotionally so I was trying to like in my head trying to like find a place that would make me feel sad and and I just I gravitated towards how much I missed being in Israel really? that got me really sad wow. and at the end of that class I was like wow if I'm really that upset about not being there then what am I doing here wow um so I just decided you know what forget acting school I just need to be back in Israel I need to go there I'll I'll I'll, I'll move there and then figure it out um so I dropped out of acting school Okay. After six weeks, and came back to Israel, and and just decided to figure it out. Um, so, are you self-trained in uh, filmmaking now? So, yeah, my my formal training was those six weeks in acting school. Okay. Um, beyond that, I'm I'm a very sort of uh, I love to just learn things uh, in unconventional ways. Like yeah. I, I, you know, school and me don't really work so well. Um, 
but uh, in terms of video, I'm pretty much self-taught. Um, you know, I, like I said, I started in high school um, uh, just messing around, and it just kind of made sense to me. You know, the visuals, the music, the way things edited together, and I'm also like, I'm not afraid of computers. I love computers, so it meant that learning software was just, you know, you open up the editing program and just click around, and to me, like, oh, you know, I figured it out as I went. So you moved back here when you were 19, and then figured out your life then. How do you end up, you were in Harnof, how do you end up in the gush? Well, so part of my, part of me coming back, uh, when I, when I came back as a Katin Jose, as a returning minor, um, I had to do the army because I was already a citizen. Okay. Um, and the army, I think, gave me a perspective on Israeli society. It was sort of like this, this, um, more broad view. You just meet all kinds of people there from like the most like RC Israeli, like Chiloni <laughs> people to like all the, the B'nai Shiva, like the Hester program yeah. people. Um, and I just felt like my experiences and interactions with everybody were all, were mostly positive, especially with the secular Israelis. Yeah. Um, um, and it just sort of gave me this fresh perspective on living in Israel and the different um, sort of subcultures that are here. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, my Haredi roots from Harnof um, are, are, they're always there. They're always going to be a part of the, of me, but... That's um, your foundation. That's my foundation, but at the same time, we were an Asia Torah family, which meant there were always people coming through our home. <laughs> like, all these, like, you know, um, young Jews, like, trying to find themselves that were visiting Israel at our Shabbat table. Yeah. You know, I remember a guy in a ponytail talking about you know, learning Talmud, and I was—I must have been like six or seven years old—and like just being exposed to that right. kind of thing means you—it—it—it you, it, it opens your mind to other things. Definitely. So you can't um, put yourself in a certain box. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't put myself in great. any box, but yeah. I do live in Efrat in Gush Etzion. Right. Um, it's not because I, you know, I'm like, yeah, the settlements. I just, this was a nice community. I felt like it was a good place. Um, nice, pretty views. Pretty views. Uh, it was a nice community. Good place for to to, to have kids. kids. Um, so yeah, that's why I ended up there. It's not, not more complicated than that. So what's it like raising kids in Goshetzion? Um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> raising kids in general, I feel like is always an adventure, uh, more so than anything else. Um, I'm a single dad. Okay. I'm divorced. I've got three boys. Um, and half the time I'm, I'm hanging out with them and, and it's, it's intense, but in the gush, I think it really, um, I don't know. There's something about being there that I feel like gives them, uh, a perspective on where we live that mm -hmm. they might not get somewhere else. Like, it, you know, people that live in the Merkaz are sort of sheltered from the whole Arab Israeli conflict and, right. and the realities of what that means. Um, and that's something that I, I do feel proud of that, that, you know, we'll go shopping and there's, there's a military presence around and. If anything, I feel safer because there's always people around. But right. but um, from that perspective, I think it's I, I like that they see that. But at the same time, the Efrat community is just very wholesome and very family oriented. Um, and great. Yeah. Do your kids uh, also love film and movies? <laughs> Uh, they certainly love watching movies. They don't um, let you film them? <laughs> uh, no, so they do. They actually, it's, it's funny because um, for a while now, they're actually, my oldest is seven, okay. and I've got, and then middle one's five, and the youngest is three. Um, but only now they're starting to figure out, like, what it actually means that I make movies. Okay. Um, 
you know, I, it, a couple of years ago, my oldest had a conversation with his teacher and he told her that something about me being a doctor. I, I don't know what he said, but the teacher was like, are, are you a doctor? And I was like, no, like not at all. Um, but now as they're getting older, I brought them into my office and, and kind of explained to them I make movies and I showed them a little bit around. And there was this, I remember this day, one day when it, it actually clicked for them. It's like, wait, you, you could like make the things that we see on the screen and them being boys, they got so excited, especially the special effects oh, aspect sure. of it. Yeah. They're like, so we could like explode things. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's do it. So there's one day they, they were in my office and they're like, I would take a video of me exploding that computer. So we took a video and then put it on the computer and then like added an explosion and whatever. And, That's um, they were just beside themselves. They had so much fun with that. Um, so yeah, I think for them, it's it's exciting that, like, movies, which is such a, a um, I think it's always such an adventure for them to watch all, like, different kind of movies and all these little kids' programs, whatever, as they watch, and they're like, oh, you could make these things. You're famous um, for them. <laughs> so who do you make these videos for? You're focused on, on Israel, yeah? Um, yeah, so, um, a, a huge... Or Judaism, or... Judaism. So, I, I would say we're not we're not exclusively making Jewish videos. It just happens to be that we're like the ideal company to go to for, for clients who want Jewish themed content because we're all Jewish. Right. We're all, you know, affiliated with the, you know, um, religious world and we understand the content. Um, we, what we do is we really try to bring, we're, I would consider us a boutique filmmaking company. I mean, we don't create standard cookie cutter type videos, uh, yeah. We always try to bring some creative flair, something different, something unique to every production. Um, so when people come to us, they're really looking for us to, to, to sort of understand who they are and what they are and, and, and figure out how to express them. Um, so that means that uh, we do get a lot of clients that come from sort of the nonprofit Jewish world uh -huh. um, where they see some of our work and they feel like we could really help them realize their vision. Where do the visions, the video concepts come from? A process. From? So... Uh, my secret weapon is my partner, Micah. Um, okay. He's like the big idea guy. So he'll often, um, he'll some, come up with some wacky concept and be like, okay, Ellie, I just pitched this video to a client. We're going to have uh, a dancer in a green room and he's going to be dancing for Pesach and it's, we'll choreograph it and he's going to be interacting with holograms. Okay, now, now go make this video. <laughs> So my job is to say, okay, now how, how the heck are we going to do this thing? Um, <laughs> to bring so, it to reality. To bring yeah. it to reality. But but in terms of the process, um, the, the standard process is a client will come to us and say, we want to make a video for our organization, our company, whatever it is, but we don't know what it should be or how it should be, um, but we have a budget in mind. So what we do is we start, uh, we usually will have like, um, you know, a whole bunch of ideas that are just like floating around and then we'll be like, okay, well, one of these ideas actually makes sense to pitch to, to this client. Mm -hmm. So we'll suggest like, you know, we've got this idea about this dancing guy with holograms. What do you think? Yeah. We'll make it about Pesach <laughs> or whatever. Um, and depending on the client, they'll, they'll, you know, we'll try to find something that connects to who they are. Um, and then we work with them to sort of, to script things out, to, to develop the idea, um, to fine tune it, to fit them. Um, and then, and then we go ahead and, and make the movie. Can you think of one movie that's out now that's been out that has had like the biggest impact on the Jewish world or the um, world at large? 
Well, I guess it, it, it's. I think it's hard to define impact. Um, there's certainly we we do all the H.com movies. Yeah. Um, I think those ones get the most exposure. Right. Um, just in terms of the amount of people watching them, but they're often they're those movies or those videos aren't they don't really have an agenda other than there's a jewish holiday coming up yay you know and we just made yeah. a fun video um so let's talk about that jewish holiday coming up now okay okay well so actually recently oh. we yeah. shot a video for h.com yeah. uh that you acted in that's right that's our connection <laughs> that's our connection <laughs> that should be coming out right about now yeah so we, we actually submitted the first edit yesterday getting some notes back from them and and um, i hope is by the end of the week uh they'll be launching it i think officially april 2nd they're launching it okay so we'll see when um, this uh when this interview is airing but, uh, uh, either before or after yeah we'll plug it we'll plug it send a link <laughs> amazing so uh no that was really amazing to see your the whole process come to fruition on the side of a mountain yeah, I mean, I think that that shoot was definitely uh, was like a good example of of the tone we like to set. I mean, we were basically out in the middle of nowhere. You know, we're, we're like exactly. We didn't even tell we didn't tell anybody what the drive would be like because, because we didn't want them to say no. So you did figured, tell me though that it would be going over the green line right to Kawa. Right, you did that, that I mentioned, and I did yeah. ask everybody to bring a sense of adventure. Yes. Um, so I was hoping that that was enough to give them a heads up that, you know, we might be roughing it out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're out there, you know, in the middle of the desert, the whole day. It's windy, it's cold, it's hot, you know. Um, I can tell but, you that when I'm sitting at the actual Seder this year, I will feel a little bit <laughs> the way that the slaves might have felt, you know. Yeah. <laughs> My arms uh, tied up and... <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we dressed you guys up as slaves and, and yeah. ate, a, ate a lot of or pretended to eat a lot of matzah, <laughs> yes. um, which is fun. And it was definitely fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in terms of in terms of um, making an impact on the Jewish world, um, we do all, all kinds of videos. We have one uh, one organization that we handle all of their video production called Torah Live. Yeah. Um, that's a big one in terms of impact where. Their whole mission is to transform the way kids are learning about Judaism, about Torah, and about Halacha. And the concept is to take the, you know, the ancient wisdom and deliver it in the medium of today. Right. Um, kids are so bombarded by media and videos, um, and and they're kind of spoiled in terms of the the, the quality level. Right. Um, not of the content, but of the way the content is delivered. Right. You know, we're talking about Hollywood and TV. Mm -hmm. um, so Torah Live's mission was to to use those same tools and take topics that are seemingly boring and make them exciting and fun with high production value. Um, so we've done films for them, all kinds of series, whether it's. Shmiyar um, Halashon, or the laws of mezuzah, or anger—it's like all like, it, the whole spectrum. Um, and those productions can be pretty big. Um, you know, we're we're doing the Shmiyar Halashon one now. Um, you know, and, and the the um, Rabbi Dan Roth, who runs the organization, raised uh, you know a few hundred thousand dollars for this whole project. And we're shooting we have actors we have animation and all these exciting things and who'd think that for Shmirat Lashon there's you could do anything exciting with it but I think we figured it out um, and that that content is all over the world there's, it's in over over a hundred cities all over the world and all kinds of educational institutions and it's been turned in into courses and classrooms yeah. um, um, people are using it at home um, so yeah. your videos are really uh, having a tremendous inspiration impact on on the Jewish world. I hope so. Yeah, no, but that's a tremendous legacy also. 
Wow. Um, okay, so from a personal standpoint, uh -huh. uh, you're involved in some other than videos, other cool hobbies. Other other projects. Other projects. Yeah, so I, I actually, um, I, I was always a bit of an, I would say, an, a nerd or a geek or whatever the word is, uh, technology nut. Um, uh, but I wasn't interested in going to college, university. Right. It didn't speak to me. So going into the sciences wasn't so much an option mm. back then. Um, but a few years ago, I, I, it occurred to me that with the internet and YouTube and everything, you could really learn anything. Um, and I, I started getting interested in, in agriculture and plants, like even just with the house plants around the house and like wait a second you could grow plants from seeds so i like i like took seeds from a pepper and started growing them and um it ended up i ended up getting more involved with that and then became fascinated with being able to grow plants in controlled environments so where a plant needs to be outside and the sunlight has to be the right temperature i was like well what if you could create that artificially uh -huh. turns out that's the world of agriculture um anyway long story short i started getting really interested in what the big challenges are today in agriculture and um and and what are the things that need to be worked on most immediately and it turns out our current way of doing agriculture is not sustainable in the short term and there are some pretty big issues i don't need to get into all the okay. details now but there are some pretty big issues out there and and i i i was just getting really into that and decided that I wanted to start try, trying to be part of the solution. Um, so three years later, and I, I've I've basically done the equivalent of a BA in engineering wow. in order to learn about all this technology to develop. Um, you know, I came up with an idea of how to solve one of the major problems um, that I think can work, and I've, I've sort of designed the electronics, and I'm working on trying to move that forward and hopefully make an impact in a positive way on how we eat food. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's a big part of what I'm involved with on the side, outside of the filmmaking. Um, but that's definitely extracurricular, not enough hours in the day. Wow. Okay, so let me just ask you, uh, to anybody that lives outside of Israel, what would you tell them about living in Israel? Living in Israel. Um, off the bat, I would say if, if you're going for easy, luxurious living. Don't, this is not what this is about. Um, I think living in Israel, it's about a lot more about being real with yourself, real with who you are. And I think that the opportunities here are amazing. Um, it's such an unconventional country and people here are so unconventional to the point where if you have an idea, if you have any idea or something you want to get involved with, you can just go for it. And people will humor you. I ended and up in a video. There you go. Like, you're not a professional actor, right? And then somehow you ended up in a video. I always was... say that my background is teaching. And you have to be an actress to be in front of a classroom. Yeah, so definitely. I um, took it to your videos now. Yeah, but I, but I do feel like living in Israel, you actually um, would end up with way more opportunities. Yeah. Um, and, and you could just kind of start to try and do anything here. And you won't get shut down. Um, whereas I feel like in, in North America, you, you have to like, you know, have your degree and you have to prove that you have the experience and apply. And it's just like so misudar there yeah. that it becomes limiting. Here, I think it's focused um, more on skills. Yeah. And, here uh, it's like, 
Do you have experience? Okay, do you want... Like, are you willing to try? Okay, no experience. Are you willing to work hard? Okay, fine. Let, let's go for it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, just uh, with, with starting the filmmaking business, like, we have a... Thank God we have a thriving company. Uh, we have eight employees in-house, and we have um, lots of other people, freelancers, that we work with outside of that. And we just... We were just a couple guys that were like, hey, we each make videos as a one-man show. Let's try something together. together. And it just kind of grew. Um, Where'd the name for uh, the company come from? Shoot, shoot East. Shoot East. Well, Shoot is like we yeah. shoot films in and East. We're in the Middle East, East right? Um, I figured that. We're actually, <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing a bit of a rebrand um, mm -hmm. to make our logo make a little bit more sense based on the name. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have like one of those, you know, the weather vanes with the rooster on top of a, a uh -huh. house. Yeah. If you're familiar, but yeah, we're going to yeah. do that, but with the camera on top Cute. pointing East. Hopefully it'll make more sense. Okay, so you've been all over Israel, literally scouting locations for all these films. I can attest to it now. Yeah. Personal level. <laughs> can you think of uh, a place in Israel that you could call your Israel happy place? My Israel happy place. Um, well, I would say there, there's sort of there are two places depending on what my need is. Okay. In terms of my happy place. Uh, so one of my go-to places is the old city of Jerusalem. Okay. Um, to me, when I walk in Shara Yafo, I feel like it's just this, I could, like, I could breathe. It's like this breath of fresh air, and when I'm in there, there's something about the place there that's just, um, I just feel more alive. Um, I spent, I, I lived there for seven months, um, Shana Aleph, the year after high school, and mm -hmm. I feel like since then, I just, that place, I come alive there. Okay. Um, but there's this one specific spot it's actually just outside the old city uh, by the wall. It's hard to describe, but it's sort of like you climb up on these rocks and you could sit there and there's this incredible view of, of um, like where the windmill is across yeah. the valley. And you mean um, Moshe? You mean Moshe, right. Mm -hmm. So sitting up there at night you know, with the view of the valley, that was like, that was my spot. I spent a lot of time up there. Yeah. Um, uh, that's like definitely uh, one of my happy places. Um, and... The other is less specific to location, but basically kind of like where we were shooting. Yeah. Where it's like open hills and nobody around you and you're just kind of out there. Like, I, I love that. I love just like going out there and, and just on my own. It's time to reflect, you know, connect to the land. Yeah. Um, feeling part of the land. Yeah, feeling part of the land. Anywhere wow. that looks like that. Wow. Well, I wish you tremendous success. Uh, in all your future endeavors, video Thank and you. tech and startup you. and uh, your kids and family life in Israel. Um, and looking forward to seeing the Pesach video. Thank you. Well, thanks for uh, sitting down with me. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Yoni. Back to you. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Ellie Pfeffer, again. Ellie is the filmmaker and director. Uh, those words might be interchangeable. I am not totally sure, but he is uh, one of the main reasons this video came about again it's the ace video i believe it's titled i'm in love with the taste of you it's a uh, a few songs uh, a pharrell a Sheeran, chain smokers a few of the songs used in this video one of those pesach spoofs that tend to be really popular around this time of year and tova herself is actually one of the stars of the video so it kind of made probably for some nice conversation during it and then tova says hey let me go ahead and interview you so uh we had the opportunity now to hear that interview, and uh, a great one indeed. And so if you want to check out the video, H.com, find it, Tova in Israel on Facebook. The video is up there. I know she posted it, 
And I'm sure you'll be fine. I mean, all over social media, these types of videos, again, tend to be popular. You'll find it, I'm sure, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, but Tovan Israel on Facebook. For more on Tova and for that video, you could definitely check it out there. More coming up on Bite Size. Still a four to the door to get to. And one more interview with Leora Zamek. So stay tuned here to the Nachum Siegel Network. Around. He changed his name, but I can hear his sound. Knock, knock, Pharaoh's at my door. He's bringing slavery to tie my hands, to blind my eyes to see. But I've got a little bit of Moses in me. I've got the power, power to break free. This bloody river is gonna split before me. I've got a little bit of Moses in me Knock, knock, Pharaoh's at my door Oh, he still comes around, he changed his name But I can hear his sound Knock, knock, sorrow's at my door Oh. Uh-huh.
And we are back on the Nachum Siegel Network, and we have one more interview today for a, uh, a special three-interview day here, a little Pesach special for you guys here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And uh, before we go, it's Leora Zamek. She interviews Yosef Itzkowitz, a children's book, picture book publisher. Uh, without further ado, here is Leora with Yosef, right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hello, hello. I am Leo Razamik, as you may recognize my voice. Before I introduce my guest, I will apologize for any noise or interruptions as we are on the streets of Washington Heights. Because um, it's, okay, the person I'm interviewing thinks it's cold out. I don't think it's that bad, and I'm a cold person. <laughs> but whatever, I forced him to go outside. Anyway, Yosef Itzkowitz. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being had. Um, now, I do want to say that anytime anybody... I speak to, here's that I have, I guess you can call this a talk show, or I have the ability to interview people, they say right away, oh my gosh, you should interview me. And then, to which I respond, about what? And then they have no answer. You were the first person I've ever met that immediately had an answer ready for me. So tell us what that was. Well, that's great to hear. I'm glad I could have an answer for you. Well, the reason I had an answer for you, especially at that time, was because at that point in my life, I had um, formally withdrew from YU. Okay. And I was trying to network with pretty much everyone just to see and uh, take my life to the next level, whatever that meant. And I was taking what I love to do and trying to meet people who would listen to me. And then they would. Well, you uh, found one. I found, yeah. In, in well, me. You weren't interested. Are you not interested yet because you haven't heard? Well, right, really. that's true. But at least I, I took the time to now try and listen to you. Uh, I see. There's that. So, what do you do? What? Well, before I tell you what I do, I just want to thank you for having me on the show. Oh, and every, it is my pleasure. Every morning when I get to work at around six, uh, around 7.04, the lady that always gets there to open up the door is sitting there sleeping at the desk, and the Nachum Siegel show is. No way. Media. You did not tell me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, crazy. Plug for our network. Moment. You'll walk in when your voice is playing. I'll be like, wait, what? Um, okay, so what do you do? So what do I do? Right now, I'm working at a school, a yachad school, actually. And the school, it's a special education school. So in the morning, I go in early, and I, I sort of teach, and I'm an assistant, etc. And then on my own free time, I'm really trying to work on my children's book career. There it is. Or we call them picture books because it's not a children's book. It's a picture book, and everyone can, can read it and learn. Right, that is true. Um, now you, this started as a hobby, though now you're trying to make it as a career. How did it start? How did you get into this? Well, I always... Not many 20-something-year-old guys just, you know, actually write and illustrate children's books, so... Well, I think I'm a a pretty zany person. Um, I'm a nutty guy, goofy, and I always have little, little ideas, little varts, little insights, and... I think children's book, I'm sorry, picture books, right. <laughs> awkward, is a great opportunity to take my little ideas that I have and make them into entire stories and also bring lots of color to a page with drawing. I really love color. and I was on the couch at, on Sukkis in Florida where I live and before I was going to come back to New York, I wanted to treat myself to a little gift on Amazon so I can come back looking forward to having something right, in the mailbox. Right, makes sense. And I ordered uh, 72 colorful stickers. Just so I can come back and stick them on things. <laughs> so, well, yeah. then Color. it definitely makes things more fun. No, in high school, we'd stick stickers on everything just oh, to stickers. spice Good it up. Um, did you ever, like, take a class for drawing, or it's just something that you you did? No, I was 
Would you ever, like, are well, you I've, happy with your style? Well, yeah, the thing about art is when, you, when you're drawing in your little sketchbooks or on the top of your tests, etc., you, you find that the more you do, obviously, just the better you get. I was never a doodler. I don't know how to doodle, so <laughs> you're talking to someone who doesn't really understand that. But my grandfather is an artist, mm. so he'll, he'll look back on the paintings he's made uh, 10 years ago and think they're horrible, but, like, I could never do that. <laughs> I feel like majority of grandpas are all artists. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, for me, half of my grandfathers are artists. So two. (laughs) So half of them are artists. So I don't know if that's majority, but it holds true in my family. Maybe God sent me on the show to meet you, to meet your your grandfather. I guess so. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so do you, do you tell literally everybody? Because for me, I know I'm trying to get work in the medical field, and it's all about connections. You literally have to tell every single person that you meet, oh, do you know someone here? Do you know someone who's doing this? Like, Do you tell everybody, or was it like you don't actually Well, when it comes to anything that? pretty much in the entertainment and the arts business, it's really just about persistence. As long as you keep fighting for it and, and pushing it, eventually someone's going to say, hey, I like this kid. And then, and then they'll say, yeah, let's do it. Let's publish this book. So, yeah, I pretty much do tell everyone. And <laughs> you'll, you never know who you're going to meet. It's so true, though. Yeah. I, was just, I was just talking the other week about how you see people who are, like, in their 30s or 40s in their careers. And, like, they just had this stroke of luck that brought them to where they are. And you're, I'm sitting here 22. I'm like, where's my stroke of luck? Like, I'm waiting for okay, it. You don't know. But you could have even had it. You don't know which one it is until, like, you're 20 years along the line and, you go like, wow, that was pretty lucky that I got that. Um, so do you show people, like, have you, do, you have, do you have a book finished that you've, like, read in school, like, to your students? Do you have a book that you've, like, or is it just... So the students actually gave me a few ideas. I'm currently writing an ABC book. That's really cute that your students gave you ideas <laughs> for books. And the book is, I go through each letter of the alphabet, and I, and I sort of say a funky phrase for each letter. So, for example, T would be a truck ton of talking tacos. And a C is a cheesy cookie clock. So I would say to the kids, I say, okay, I'm giving you the letter G for the day. Come up with something. And one kid said, say, hey, giggly grandmas. So I'm like, oh, that's great. A group of giggly grandmas. That is great. And I went back and I drew it. And giggly group of grandmas is in the book. Wow. And the book is, I'm actually taking off from work tomorrow. I have not told the principal of the school yet because. It's pretty, <laughs> it's, we're getting close, but yeah. WhatsApp solves everything. And I'm, and I'm going to Queens right after this interview, actually taking the train. And I'm going to finish the book at my sister's apartment where it's quiet, quiet and relaxed. And then I'm going to, and then I'm actually going to um, edit it up and then do a self print, not publishing or anything, like se- staples kind of thing. Sort of like a better quality one online, and then I can have it for for Pesach at the Seder, so I can pass it around my family, and hopefully I'll get you a copy. So soon, well. soon you'll have a book to show people. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you you plan to make a career out of this? Writing children's books. Definitely on the side. I do want to go into chinuch a little bit. Okay. But what can be better? You than You may have to go back to college for that. Well, I'm starting art school in the fall. I don't think I. Told oh, you that. so that's that's <laughs> worth mentioning. You yeah, you probably. plan to do this? Yes. That's very cool. Um, so how could people get in touch with you if they are one of those listeners who is like, "Hey, I really like this guy." That is a great question. Well, they can always email me. What's your email address? I, you're, gonna, it, you're gonna have to. You, so you could email. They could email me, and I'll put them in touch with you. But you you told me about a website that I looked at before I interviewed you. I had to see if you were legit. Um, and so you want to share your website yeah, that people could go absolutely. on? So my website is colorfuladventure, 
dot weebly.com. That's W E E B L Y. Right. We, we assume we assume they can spell colorful adventure. <laughs> spell check for that, not for Weebly. And or you could just email me at theyishba at gmail.com. That's T H E Y I S H B A. Yishba is Yud Yud Shin Bey's Aleph. Yosef Yaakov Shalom Ben Oh, I used to send out. A you made yourself a you made yourself a name there. Stop but that's it. not your name. I forgot to even mention that. Oh. You have a pen name. Yes, I do. How did, what is it and how did you come up with the that? The pen name is Joseph Paper. It's actually a funny story, which I'm not going to tell. Okay. Because it's girly. I'll tell you. I was in Camp Pass and I was reading <laughs> a little literature over the summer with my learning. And I was reading the, the book Paper Towns and, by John Green. And I right. Loved, I just liked the simplicity of the book. It was a simple sort of book. But I also love paper because paper represents um, creativity. You give someone a piece of paper and they can... Blank canvas. Blank, they can, is, that, is that a thing, blank canvas? Y- yeah. That's the line? So yeah, I I'm, pr- I'm pretty I sure. I may have just made it up right now, but I'm pretty sure that's a line. So you've made up blank paper. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I took uh, Joseph because uh, my name is Yosef, and I didn't want uh, to scare people. Not that I'm scared of being a Jew. I no, that, I hear that. I have a very American English name, Stephanie, so that I would never have yeah. a problem. Yeah, it's pretty American. Um, um, just so that I, if I ever wanted to use it and not use my Hebrew name. Yeah, but Joseph keeps the namesake. Right. It's true. It does do that. Yusuf. Um, so why do you have a pen name, though? Just because it makes it more fun? part of selling books, not that it's about the money. I'm sure money will play a nice little role, but it's really about, um, it's it, a lot, big part will be marketing. And I think a book that says Yosef Yakov Shalom Iskowitz <laughs> is going to look a lot not as good. Right. Like, like Joseph Paper. Or, it has a nice ring to it. It definitely has a good Joseph ring. I've been with Joseph Paper lately, but I'm thinking, I, I've been thinking, it's been up in the air, I might switch it, you know, until my, my first book comes out. It doesn't really matter. What do you mean? Like, what, until your first book comes yeah, out, you could change it a million out, times. Yeah, okay, great. Um, well, it was very nice to sit down with you Absolutely. and hear about this. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? No. no. All right. That's great. So your website, again, was colorfuladventure.weebly.com. Yes. Um, you guys can check that out, and you can get in touch with me, Leora at NahumSiegel.com, if you would like to get in touch with Yosef. I'm really going to have to update the site before this airs. Yeah, it's going to get awkward. <laughs> um, all right, well, thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Thank you, Leora, and thank you, Yosef. Uh, it's definitely a, a really cool thing to do. Drop, I mean, drop out of school is not necessarily cool, but if you have this plan, you have this dream you want to chase, uh, publishing picture books it it's uh it takes courage and uh you know much respect to you yosef and i I really hope it all works out and uh leora thank you for your interview uh something leora does that maybe people don't know and if you don't know it's a shame leora is a uh a phenomenal baker she i don't want to say works for she uh she herself is last licks desserts i've had the opportunity to taste many of her fine pastries and uh, I could say they're, they're actually better than fine they're phenomenal so last licks desserts on Facebook check her out uh, go ahead and purchase a few things I know she's doing some stuff for Pesach so if uh, you've got a few more days till Pesach if, you're, if you decide you don't have enough desserts or you know there's nothing that you necessarily like go ahead and try her out I, I am sure you won't regret it again last licks desserts on Facebook for more information regarding uh, Leora's pastries. We have uh, just, uh, let's see, how much time do we have left? A little over 20 minutes, around 20 minutes to go here on Bite Size. 
Stay right here. We'll have four to the door shortly. Unfortunately, Miriam will not be joining us for this one, but it was just a shame because she loves, loves Pesach. But uh, Jamie will be here, and we will discuss our favorite things about Pesach coming up in just a few minutes. But for now, more music right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Segal Network. Cold 
here on the Nachum Siegel Network, and it is time for America's and Israel's and everywhere, wherever you are listening. It is your favorite segment on the Nachum Siegel Network, and that is for To The Door. And here is how it works. A reminder, our assistant programming director and social media coordinator, Jamie Turkel, hands me her list. Well, first, in truth, we discuss, based on the topic or the theme of certain interviews, or the time of the year. So this week, 
Obviously, with Pesach just around the corner, Jamie and I decided, you know what? We have to do Pesach-themed. So uh, this week's Four to the Door is our top four favorite things about Pesach. And what happens is Jamie hands me her list four to one. She usually does not join me on air. She did last week. This week, though, she has informed me she will not join me on air, though she did last week and then she just randomly popped up. But this week, I do not expect that to happen. So she hands me her list. I read a four to one. Then I read my list four to one. You can leave an app comment to let us know who, quote unquote, wins this week or whose list is your favorite. Or maybe you have your own top four favorite moments you'd like to share with us. Again, you could leave an app comment or yoniyanachumseal.com regarding four to the door or really anything in regards to bite size. So here we go. This week's top four to the door, top four favorite things about Pesach. Number four on Jamie's list is the food. Um, while many complain about food for Pesach, I must say over the last several years, it has improved. And uh, this year, if you haven't yet heard, which I'm sure you have, if you are on social media or if you are a regular listener here on the Nachum Seal Network, our very own Naomi Nachman has come out with a Pesach book, perfect for Pesach. It's really great for Pesach. I've had the opportunity to look at her book. Some great, great recipes. Uh, it's really also perfect for all year round. So um, if you are a gluten-free tribe member, then it, it's it's really a must-purchase because it's great for all year round. But if you're looking for great Pesach recipes, go ahead, purchase it. Perfect for Pesach. You can find that on Amazon. Uh, or, if, I mean, if, if there are other places that you need to look at, go to Naomi Nachman's Facebook page or Instagram, and she'll have all the information there. But again, food, uh, number four on Jamie's list. Number three on Jamie's list, traditions. Now, I don't know what tradition she has. I'm sure over the course of uh, growing up for her, the Sidarim, she's had many different traditions. Tradition's a great thing about any holiday, but Pesach, they really uh, tend to be somewhat creative, which leads me to number two on Jamie's list, creativity. For the kids at the Seder, I think she says her dad made the sea with fat. Oh, that's cool. I guess her dad made the, uh, you know, the splitting of the sea. She made the sea with fabric last year. I've seen tablecloths like that where it's uh, kind of blue on both sides and the middle is white or gray or sand colored, whatever it is. So a lot of creativity to be done at Sedarim. And that is number two on Jamie's list and number one on Jamie's list, which tends to be, I, I've, I've sensed a theme for Jamie tends to be a holiday-themed, uh, you know, thing for, for Jamie is the family time. That is number one on her list, spending time with family. I know she told me that she has some relatives coming from Israel, which she is excited about. You can see it on her face, the smile on her face. Uh, definitely, definitely a worthwhile number one. So, again, four to one on Jamie's top four to the door, top four favorite Pesach uh, traditions or think about Pesach. Number four is food. Number three is traditions. Number two is creativity for the kids. And number one is family time. Again, leave an app comment if you like her list, if you want to add to her list. Yoni at com. Again, if you'd like to add to her list or have a uh, something negative or positive to say about my list or anything regarding the show, Yoni at com. And here we go with my number four for the top four of the door, top four favorite things about Pesach. Number four and it's not, not really necessarily has to do about Pesach. It's really the time of the year. Uh, I put sports down. And obviously, if you haven't been yet able to tell, I'm a huge sports fan. And what usually coincides with Pesach is the smell of baseball, is March Madness. If it's an early year, March Madness is happening during Pesach. If it's a late year or semi-late, like this year, March Madness has just ended like it did Monday night. So, uh, But really, baseball. 
It's that time of the year, so I love, love Pesach for that. Number three, similar to Jamie, I put creativity of foods. I like to see what, you know, I, uh, my family tends to eat out a lot over Pesach. And I like to see what, what different people have, have in store for me, not, not necessarily for me, for their guests. Um, I like to see their creativity. Every year there's, there's something new out there, um, and I'm always pleasantly surprised. So whether it's Sidarim or just random meals, I like to see that creativity. Number two for me is the davening. I really like the Pesach davening. I really like davening all year round. I love, you know, Kabbalah Shabbos. But davening, Musaf, and in general, uh, I really like it. I like to see, again, what the different, whoever gets up there, the different tunes they like to use. I uh, I really enjoy that part of Pesach. And number one, similar to Jamie's number one, number one for me is I always go home to Houston for Pesach. So except for one year where I spent it in Israel during my uh, Shana Aleph, um, Shana Bet I was already home for, but I've spent, that means 23 of 24 years at home, or is it 22 of 23, I'm 24, but I'm a July birthday, whatever whatever the math is, all but one year I've spent at home in Houston, and I love it. The weather is great, all my friends tend to come home, now I have a lot of friends in New York area, I have a lot of friends that attended secular college and still do, but it, but it always happens to be that they all come home, you know, Everyone comes home first day's Sukkot. Everyone comes home first day's Pesach. Some even come back for second days, but always first day's Pesach for Sadarim. I have friends that uh, that come home. So being home in Houston where I get a, you know, I already have planned tomorrow to, to hopefully go to uh, an Astros game with my friend in, uh, in Houston that I don't ever get to see because he lives in Houston, so I don't really get to see him. So I love coming home, spending time with the family, spending time with friends that I don't get to see throughout the year. Uh, it really means a lot. I'm an out-of-towner, so I don't get to see them. Uh, I, I know it, it doesn't may necessarily sound like a big deal for people that are in town because you, you do get to go home. You see them all the time. For me, family I don't get to see, though, this past Tuesday, a.k.a. yesterday, uh, I did get to see my family because of uh, my nephew's bris, but, um, and I got to see a lot of friends that way, but it doesn't really always turn out that way. So going home to Houston for these things uh, really means a lot to me. So again, yoniandachlamsteel.com. Leave a comment on the app if you have any comments regarding this week's this week's For the Door. And uh, I, I, I truly am upset. I apologize to Miriam Wallach. Uh, Pesach's her favorite holiday, and I know she would have a ton to say. Uh, but unfortunately, with the timing, we couldn't get it to go. So uh, Miriam, I apologize. Officially on air, I will apologize to you off air as well. But uh, listen, maybe coming out of Pesach, I know uh, Isru Chag is is that is the is our next show. We will obviously not be on air next week, but I do plan to be back straight from Houston. I do plan. Well, actually, that's not true. I will be flying back on Wednesday, so I will pre-record my show probably, I guess, the Sunday before. So, fair warning regarding that. It'll be a uh, from Houston. I will be recording the show, so that'll be fun. Um, but we'll see what we have to do next week for Four to the Door. But again. Thank you, Jamie, for joining me. And I'd like to thank Leora. I'd like to thank Tova. I'd like to thank Joanna for their interviews this week. And I'd like to thank you all, all of our listeners here on the Nachum Siegel Network and of Bite Size for joining me the last two hours on Bite Size. A reminder, check us out on Facebook, Nachum Siegel Network, on Twitter, Nachum Siegel Net, and on Instagram, Nachum Siegel Network. If you haven't yet downloaded the NSN app, please go ahead and do so. Google Play Store, Apple Store, type in Nachum Siegel Network. Remember that video that I had? I gotta, I gotta whip that out again. It was, uh, it was of me starring in the Nachum Single Network video of how to download the NSN app. We also had Lipa, Lipa Schmelzer, 
make a video for us in, in Yiddish, good shtick. Um, but if, seriously, if you haven't yet downloaded the NSN app, go ahead and do so. You can con- catch all of our content while on the run. My name is Yoni Pollock. I'd like to wish you all a Chag Kasher Sameach, a happy Pesach Chag Sameach, and remind you that the bite size, even on Pesach, is the right size. <laughs>